This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. This is Chad Living, good senior editor at Crazy Trade Business. We're back at the Mackinac Policy Conference on day three at uh, on Media Row. It's not even 7 a.m. yet, and we have the governor of Michigan here on, on our podcast stage. Governor, welcome. Good morning. Good to see you. I hope you get some breakfast soon after you've had so much coffee. Uh, it's a good, good way to balance things out. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that you're, that you're concerned for my health, Chad. Yes. Uh, so um, tell us a little bit about what you're going to talk about this afternoon. Uh, trying to sort of connect uh, what you got working on with the budget announcement yesterday and everything else going on. Well, you know, we had a number of really exciting announcements yesterday. I think that we are setting the stage for an economic comeback that really is creates opportunity for everyone. And that's the goal. As we think about the new economy in Michigan, we got to invest in the middle class. We've got to support small business. We've got to invest in our communities. And that's I think a lot of those priorities are reflected in the budget. But we have an American Rescue Plan opportunity because of the billions coming into Michigan, where if we are strategic about those investments, it's not just a blip and it's not just getting back to pre-COVID. This is putting us on a path for prosperity. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about the how. That's the what. Today I'm going to talk about the how. We are very divided as a nation and as a state, and we've got to see the humanity in one another. We've got to work together. We've got to solve these problems. The next three to four years are so crucial as we think about our longer-term economic goals. You know, the beginning of this year, um, if people were taking odds on what was going to happen, we were going to be betting on a, a government shutdown or something that they wouldn't get a deal on this budget. Um, and, and yet you did get a deal. Um, it partly seems because there's so so much money uh, laying around from surplus tax funds and and obviously federal stimulus. Um, talk a little bit about the, about the budget deal that came out yesterday, and then what is your priority in the next round of negotiations over the last seven billion dollars of federal funds that are left? Well, first I'll say this: you know, the legislature we worked. We worked. It was not always easy, of course. That's how a negotiation always goes. Sure. But we were able to land on a budget that really is going to make a big difference for Michiganders. We turned a $3 billion projected deficit from 18 months ago into a $3.5 billion surplus. And certainly, maybe that makes budget conversations a little smoother because we actually have resources to do some of the investment that is that is long overdue in this state. But now we've got to continue that collaboration as we go into the fall and deploy these American re- you know, the American Rescue Plan dollars, that 10 million people want and expect government to solve problems, right? We elected a divided government. We didn't elect a dysfunctional one. And that's why I'm going to stay focused on these kitchen table issues. Um, we've done a lot of good in the education space. There's more work to do, but that's just a great example of when we work together and we stay focused on what really matters, we can get great things done even in times of crisis. Yeah, this budget does seem to uh, does uh, bring some equity to education funding um, with with the investments and with the assistance of the federal government. Now it seems like the challenge is how do you do that long term and and make that long term change um, so that districts with lower income students and, and high need students uh, 
get a get a more equitable share of, of the funding they need to, to educate those kids. I think one of the things we were able to do that I'm really very happy about in the education budget is, you know, we um, changed how we finance schools 27 years ago. And there has been a consistent difference between per pupil allotments from, you know, wealthier districts and, and districts that have greater poverty. Four governors have tried to fix this. We did it this year in the middle of all this tough stuff that we've been navigating. We actually closed that. And, and I'm really proud of that. I think it's going to make a huge difference. And it's setting the, the priority to be continuing to meet the needs of our kids who are in higher poverty districts or who have special needs, um, kids who are you know, English language learners. So this, I think, really is representative of the fact that this is a, a long-term commitment we've got to make in this space, and, and we've gotten on that path, and it's, it's going to be a good, really going to make a difference. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. If you get reelected next year, what do you, what are, what would be your top priority uh, in in a second term? I think it's about staying focused on these fundamentals. Truly, I mean, when I ran in 2018, I toured the state for two years. I listened to people. I did a lot of listening. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, or you're a Uper or a Downstater. People expect us to solve problems and expect us to stay focused on the things that really matter, the fundamentals. And that's why as a governor, that's what I've always been focused on. Obviously 2020 brought a pandemic, a recession, a historic flooding, uh, a righteous conversation around race in America, a plot, an election. I mean, we've had to navigate a lot of things, but we have stayed focused on the fundamentals. That's why you see orange barrels all over the place because we are fixing the damn roads while we're managing through all these crises too. It's those fundamentals that are going to make Michigan competitive and a place that we can have a high quality of life for everyone. On COVID, uh, you've taken a different approach in this fourth surge uh, in cases. Uh, I don't know, I'm not sure you want to call it a surge, but uh, but but um, but the the scientists do. Um, and that you're you're relying more on the locals to make these decisions, the local health departments, the school districts, businesses themselves individually. What what has changed in the uh, I'll call it the Whit Whitmer doctrine uh, from from the early days of the pandemic? Well, I think a year and a half ago we didn't know a lot about the virus. We thought, like most viruses, that it's from contact, you know, with surfaces. Yeah, no we, one we knew. We wiped down our vegetables for a minute. Right, we were wiping down our vegetables. We were nervous about people touching gas pumps, right? Oh yes, and you talked about. Gas I did pumps talk a few about times. that a lot. I mean, yeah. that was what the what the wisdom was at the time. Obviously, we've learned a lot about this virus. We now know that the simple act of wearing a mask is is a crucial component to keeping this virus at bay. We also have access to vaccines that work, that are free, that are easy to access. If you're 12 and up, you need to get vaccinated. This is uh, the biggest difference from where we were a year and a half ago. This is, we have tools now that we didn't have then. Back then, the numbers were devastating. The death was devastating. We didn't have these tools. Now we do, and that's why Decisions at the local level make a lot more sense so people can feel invested and heard and have an impact on the decisions that are impacting them. But every one of us makes choices every day. 
getting vaccinated is crucial and we're masking up, especially for our kids and people who are inside and close to one another is, is an essential uh, tool that every one of us can avail ourselves of now. I would know for our listeners that we were, you we were, you and I were both wearing masks right now. Last question, Governor. Um, 24 months ago on this porch, you signed the no fault auto insurance uh, reform bill. Um, we have seen some of the effects of this with the provider community that that cares for the most catastrophically injured, uh, particularly home healthcare companies. They the the, the rate that was set in their 55% cap, a 45% cut in their payments, they've simply dropped patients. Um, there are hundreds of cases uh, that have been documented uh, at this point. Um, do you? Uh, did you did you think that the, that was going to happen? Were they going to? Did you think people were going to get grandfathered in originally? And if not, like what what do you intend to do at this point about this? Well, I do think that there is a need for some legislative changes, and I have made it very clear to the legislative leaders that it's something that I would like to pursue. I know that. Um, we have brought rates down. We have done a lot of the things that we were set out to do have been accomplished. But the fact of the matter is there is more work to do in this space. And that's something that I would like to get done. Have you gotten any uh, uh, feedback from your, your colleagues in the legislature on this? Yet? Well, you know, there was a, a budget item that was included. I, you know, I, I think that it was maybe a sign that they're open to doing something, but I didn't fix the issues that I think we still have to work on. Governor Gretchen Winmer, thank you for joining us on the podcast here at the Mackinac Policy Conference. Thanks, Chad. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region.